0: greetings and welcome to the mount calvary nation podcast hosted by mount calvary baptist church in dayton ohio where our pastor is the reverend s.n winston jr we thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you
1: re good morning it is an awesome day in the lord God, we worship you, we honor you, we adore you, we give you praise, we give you thanks for this day, God. We are grateful, God, unto you. You are so good to us, so much better than we deserve. God, we glorify you and we lift you up. Welcome to those here in the congregation, in the church family today, and we welcome those of you that are online for service this morning. God is the lover of our souls. It's a little chilly this morning here in uh, Dayton, Ohio. I think my car says 16 degrees. Um, But uh, God is still good. (laughs) He is still good. I'm going to read a um, scripture to start our service, to open up our service. And then I will have opening prayer. And let us begin our worship service for today. God, we thank you. God, we glorify you. Come, let us sing for joy unto the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountains, peaks, the peaks below belong to him. The sea is his. He made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. God, our father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you are so good to us and we are grateful. God, we all need you no matter where we are today, God. We are broken, Lord Jesus, and we need you. Hear our cries, Heavenly Father. We will continue to worship you, Lord God, despite the situations that we face. God, you are great no matter what I'm dealing with. And God, we will glorify you even when we don't understand the reason why. God, we know that we trust you and we believe in you and we honor you and we lay everything at your feet, Lord God. Today, Lord Jesus, we surrender ourselves unto you. You have your way in this place. You have your way in this service. God, we worship you. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! 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 Yes, God! Yes, God! We say yes, God, and we say amen. Lord, we let the hope that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable unto you, O oh Lord God, for you are our strength and you are our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe it to be so. Amen.
2: Church. May God's blessings be upon all who are present and those who are joining us virtually as well. The Phoebe Ministry welcomes you to witness the transformational power of salvation. Romans 6-4 states, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of our Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. I'm Sister Carla Scott, and this is our candidate for baptism, Mrs. Nicole Davis.
3: In the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.
2: Give give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Come on and give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Somebody decided to give it all to the Lord today. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know about you, but I remember when I tried to handle it myself, and it just didn't work out right. But oh, thanks be to God, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Uh Uh-oh, turn Come on, it's time for praise and worship. Come on, stand to your feet. God is good. God is good, isn't he? Come on and stand to your feet. You ain't got to touch nobody, but I hope you look to your neighbor and tell them all the good things that God has done. Amen? Go ahead and look to your right. Look to your left. I'm so grateful to be here. to the lord for he is good yes he is good oh give thanks working, you never stop, <laughs> uh, even when I didn't see him, he was working, you don't have to live in depression anymore, I'm a living testimony, when I tried to figure Don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, he won't say that. Working. Say, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Do it one more time. Hey. Even when I don't see it, keep working. Even when I don't feel it, keep working. It never stops. It never stops working. He's the light in our darkness. And oh, it got real dark. And that's why we give a worship. God bless you, God bless you.
3: Everybody who's breathing, give God some kind of praise. He is our way maker, our miracle worker. Hallelujah to His name. Thank you, Jesus. feel about him. Tell him what you know about him. Come on saints. It's all right to take some time and worship him. You know he's a way maker. <laughs> is good to us. He is our great God. And he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. And so we enter in with thanksgiving. We enter into his courts with praise. We are thankful unto him and we bless his name because he's good. He's good. What a wonderful Savior we serve. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. What an awesome Savior he is. Those who are worshiping with us in person, welcome. I'm glad you're here. We're glad you're here. We're glad to see you uh, face to face. We, uh, We don't take it lightly that you've chosen to worship. With us today, especially those who don't consider themselves a part of the Mount Calvary Nation. We're glad you're here. To those who are worshiping with us virtually today, uh, we welcome you as well. We're grateful for the opportunity, grateful for the technology that allows us to worship together. Most of us are still online. We're grateful for the people behind the technology who make it possible every week for us to worship together. We're glad that you're worshiping with us. If you're here in the building and you're worshiping and you consider yourself a visitor, would you stand if you're able? We would love to see who you are and where you are. God bless you. God bless you. Mount Calvary, make them feel welcome, would you? Make sure they know how we feel about them. Come on, let's sing to them. We welcome you into Mount Calvary, this house of worship. So glad you came, exalt his name, let's lift him up together. Thank God we're here from far and near. The Lord has brought us this heart. And with the love of Christ we are transforming God. That's what we're about, revealing the glory of God's kingdom. Here's how we're doing it. With With excellence, prayer, and integrity, we welcome you. We welcome you. Welcome. We are so glad you're here. I saw Christina Maddox. Welcome home, ma'am. <laughs> glad to have you home. I saw brother Isaiah. You're home for uh, Thanksgiving break. Yes, sir. Welcome home, sir. We're proud of you. Stick with it. Don't stop till you finish. All right. Good. We are glad to have uh, an honor to have because we are celebrating elect lady uh, Chanel today. We've got uh, some area pastors. Yeah some pastor's wives from the area who are here. Thank you all so much for being here and, uh, and some of the uh, devastating divas of the Delta Sigma Theta sorority. God bless you all. Thank you all for being here as well. I'll tell you a little bit more about some other special guests that we have in just a moment. Um, Brother Birdsong, welcome to the guitar at Mount Calvary. So glad to have you, sir. Uh, just a reminder, today at 4 o'clock, we will be worshiping with the Resurrection Baptist Church. Uh, they are kicking off their uh, campaign. They are, um, they are trusting God to pay off their building. Um, and we're going to go and we're going to celebrate with them and kick off with them and, uh, and give. At 4 o'clock, that is 1444 Darst Avenue. I'll be preaching. The choir will be singing. Come and share with us. Uh, would you keep Sister Valerie Allen in your prayers? Her mother passed. Um, I don't have the, uh, the details, but keep that family in your prayers, would you? Um, also, the Hamlet family, um, uh, Mimi and uh, Don and Miss Phyllis, their brother, Tony, passed. Um, his funeral is going to be tomorrow at 6 o'clock p.m. at Basore Road Grace Brethren Church. Bassor Road Grace Brethren Church. 6 um, o'clock tomorrow night. Also, keep Sister Lois... D- yes, ma'am? Oh, yes. And uh, thank you. Deacon um, Reggie Johnson... That uh is Tony's uncle, yeah y'all uh y'all keep that family in your prayers um Lois Jackson's brother passed um his funeral was this past week. keep him in your prayers keep her in your prayers as well, and then um you all remember Ann Taylor, black uh who grew up here, Deacon John Taylor's daughter, Ms Mary and miss uh Karen's sister. Um, Her husband passed. Mark, Uh, that funeral is going to be this Friday in Cleveland. But uh, keep Deacon Taylor and Miss Ann and that entire family in your prayers, would you? Um, Miss Andrea, you have a birthday coming up here on Wednesday. Yes, ma'am. You'll be 38. Is that right? Happy birthday. Happy birthday! Oh, Miss Nisha, you got a birthday coming up too, and Miss Wortham. Same day. All right, y'all gonna be thirty-eight too. (laughs) Happy birthday to you! Seventy-nine, yes, ma'am. What a blessing! What? Seventy-one. Wow. what a blessing, brother Landon. Are you here? Where's Landon? Oh, there he is, raising his hand. If you ordered things from Landon for his school, he has them today. He and his mom, Miss Janetta, they're going to be in the lobby after service, and you can uh, you can grab them then. Minister Denise, you got a. Uh, bag for me for our baptismal candidate. Thank you. Don't forget next Sunday we're going to be celebrating young adult Sunday. Uh, The young adults are in charge they're doing everything and then after service uh, young adults y'all have brunch with pastor. Uh, I just want to talk to you and listen to you and uh, and we're going to have a good time together next Sunday. Don't forget Wednesday night we are at Macedonia I'll be preaching over there at 7 o'clock Thursday morning St. Luke will be here All right, Wednesday night, we go to Macedonia. Thursday morning, St. Luke will be here. Starting in December, we all take a rest. (laughs) All right, good. Come on down, I'll meet you down there. Yes, ma'am, who said that? Yes, ma'am. Awesome, awesome. Praise God. Yes, ma'am, Miss Margot. Awesome. Good. We do thank God uh, for one who has given her life to Christ and entered into believer's baptism today. This certifies that Nicole Davis was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit on the 20th day of November 2022 at Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. 3375, Pastor S.N. Winston, Senior Way, Dayton, Ohio. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. There's some special stuff in there for you, including the most important thing of all, the Bible. All right. God bless you. Good to have you. Do you have family with you today? Good. Welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you. Today we are celebrating our elect lady, as I mentioned. Somebody asked, um, why elect lady? What What is an elect lady? Well, um, there are a couple things. Remember, I told you all a few years ago, I didn't see anywhere in the Bible the term first lady, right? Um, and as we are a church that is striving to do things by what we read in the word, right? Right? uh in second john chapter chapter one verse one what you see is a salutation to the elect lady and her children right and uh and so what 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 the um the implication there is there is a lady in the church who is a leader in the church who is a mother in the church a mother in zion someone who is uh, nurturing, someone who is caring, someone who is correcting when necessary. And to me, that sounds an awful lot like our elect lady who loves on us. And so this one day a year, it is most appropriate that we would stop and love on her. And that's why we're here today. And so we do it... uh, as we celebrate her 40th birthday today, yeah. believe it or not, uh, when she became the uh, when she became the pastor's wife, she was just 21, and here we are, three children later, and a bachelor's degree, and two master's degrees later, and. Uh, and, and doing all this wonderful work. I'm so, I'm so proud of her. Um, she is going to be starting a new job at, uh, as director of student programs in two weeks at the Wright State University School of Medicine. And we are glad, we are grateful for her and glad to celebrate her. Um, one thing I told her when we got married, you will never, ever, never, not once, well, you have to compete with the church. I got a wife, and the church has a husband who's not me. <laughs> and, so, and so that's, that's why we're, that's why I'm so adamant that we celebrate she who gives so much and sacrifices so much for this church. We've got really special guests today. Uh, Dr. Cynthia Turner Wood is going to be coming to preach the word. You'll see a little bit about her in just a minute. Her husband, Dr. Jesse Wood, um, he is actually from Columbus. His father, Dr. A. Wilson Wood, um, was my father's executive secretary when he was president of the Ohio Baptist General Convention back in the day. We are glad to have the Woods with us today. Uh, Just before she comes, we're going to have a uh, a special guest soloist. Oh, nope. You know what? I'm going to save those because I want to give Dr. Wood plenty of time. I'll save those until next week. We have a special guest soloist today. One of my wife's uh, soar roars, who has the voice of an angel. And she's going to come and, uh, and minister in song. Would you welcome Miss Billy Ewing? And after that then, Mountain Media, you can run the introduction of our preacher after the solo.
4: It is always a blessing to be in the house with y'all on any given day. But on this day, woo this one right here, she hold an extra little special place in my heart. And everything that she does for y'all, know that she doesn't just give it to y'all. She gives it everywhere she goes. So it's an honor and a privilege. And I brought my daughter. This is my daughter. Good morning, good morning. I believe that she has a voice of an angel too. And we are always mothers. And so sometimes we have to say, come with me. Could you, can you help me this morning? Can we do this together? Patient love, kind love, sweet love, love kind love. Love. Love, kind love, sweet love, kind love Love, a word that comes and goes But few people really know What it means to really love somebody Love, though the tears may fade away I'm so glad your love will stay cause I love you and you show me Jesus what it really means to patient love, kind love, sweet love, kind love, patient love, kind love, should have died. You love me. I'll never know why you love me. It's a mystery to me. Now I'm glad to see Jesus. When all hope was gone, you love me. You gave me a song that you love me. Now I can't go on cause you love me. Jesus, what do you really
5: mean? No 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 don't know no. what you really
6: mean.
4: Do the do the do. do. That I cried, you love me when I should have died. You love me, I'll never know why you love me. It's a mystery to me now. I'm glad to see Jesus. Yes, when all hope was gone, you love me. Yes, you did. You gave me a song that you love me. Thank you, Lord. Now I, I can go on, cause you love me. me. It's a mystery to me now. I'm glad to see Jesus.
5: What
4: it really means. Oh, oh, oh. what it really means. do <laughs> do.
5: Patient love, kind love. love,
4: sweet love, kind love. Patient love, kind love. 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 <pause butterflies> love. love, sweet love, kind love. Patient love, kind love, sweet love, kind love. Patient love, kind love.
0: of Lynchburg, Virginia, Reverend Dr. Cynthia T. Turner-Wood is the pastor of Dayspring Community Church in Prince George County, Maryland, a position she has proudly held since 2005. Dr. Turner-Wood earned the Doctor of Ministry degree with an emphasis on prophetic preaching from the United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio in December 2006 as a Curtis Watson Fellow. She holds a Master of Divinity degree from Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C., and a Bachelor of Science degree in broadcast journalism from the University of Maryland, College Park. Prior to entering ministry full-time, Reverend Turner Woods served in both the Clinton and Bush administrations as Deputy Director of Public Affairs and speechwriter to U.S. Surgeon General David Satcher. She was also on staff as Director of Publications at the Association of American Medical Colleges. She brings to ministry more than 25 years' experience in publishing, health communications, and public health. She serves on the Governing Council of the Global United Fellowship and is an instructor with Woman Preach, Inc., she is also a missionary with the lot carry foreign mission conventions pastoral excellence program and a pilgrim leader of the thriving in ministry program for women pastors she currently serves on several boards including the mary elizabeth house washington dc an organization that houses and supports mothers transitioning out of the foster care system the dc baptist convention The Ministerial Advisory Board of the John Leland Center for Theological Studies, and the Graduate Alumni Council of Wesley Theological Seminary. She is married to Rev. Dr. Jesse L. Wood, Executive Pastor of the Metropolitan Baptist Church of Largo, Maryland. Together, they are helping to raise their teenage daughter niece, Amani. They reside in Silver Spring, Maryland, with their dog named Blue. Mount Calvary Nation, here to help us celebrate our elect lady. Please welcome to the pulpit, Reverend Dr. Cynthia Turner Wood.
7: Well, this is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. I said, this is the day I didn't make this day, but this is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And especially on this day where we celebrate the elect lady. I learned a new term today. I love to go places where I learn new things. Amen. Where we celebrate you on your birthday celebrate you for all that you are to this ministry and to this place won't you while you are standing give her what she deserves on today amen we salute you we honor you and we praise god for the gift that you are to this place I I, I am so happy to see this, um, to see what you are doing, Pastor, in honoring her, because nobody knows. Nobody knows, like she knows, and like you know, what it means to be an elect lady in a church amen and you don't know the half let me tell you and to do it and to look this good and to be this elegant and to get degrees and to raise children we honor you on today and celebrate what god has done for indeed god is great and greatly to be praised so we bless you thank you you may be seated in the presence of the lord i want to um, begin um, also by thanking your pastor. Publicly to what I've said to him privately. What, what, um, you know, you don't know how the Lord gets you to certain places, and this is certainly one of those occasions in my life, but I'm so glad that God did. Thank you for the honor of standing in this place where you proclaim the unsearchable riches of God week in and week out. I don't take it lightly, and I'm grateful. I know you could have called anybody. I know you know a lot of folks, and you could have called anybody, so thank you so much for the honor, the signal opportunity to stand here. Um, and since the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that pastors are gifts to the congregation, I know we just thank God for her, and but we want to thank God for him as well. Amen. Celebrate your pastor. Because that's a sign of how good that God loves you and how gracious God has been in your life. And together they are doing dynamic things. He couldn't be who he is if she wasn't who she was, but she couldn't be who she is if he wasn't who he is. And so we thank God for all of that, Um, for the love that um, God has shown for his sake and through his name. To all who are gathered here, to Reverend Stevens, to um, all of the other clergy in the house, to my husband, the Reverend Dr. Jesse L. Wood, who did not think it robbery to leave the Metropolitan Baptist Church, where he's the executive pastor to come and to be with us on today. I know y'all are saying, how does that work? She's the pastor of Dayspring. He's the pastor of Metropolitan because we love and support each other in what God has called us to do. Amen. And so um, I thank God for him. Um, to all of um, those who are watching virtually, to the whole Mount Calvary nation, to this great choir who led us to Lily my God, um, to all of you who have done to this, to the mother-daughter duo who sang that song, and um, and then also to um, Deacon Myron and Mrs. Marilyn Sandifer, God bless you. Where are you, Deacon? Amen. Late last night he picked us up. Early this morning he picked us up, and uh, his driving was real good, and. Um, I praise God for that. I just got back from Liberia. And when I tell you that they have one stoplight and then the rest you are on your own, there are no no stop signs, there are no lanes, there are no lines. And even where you might find a line or a lane, don't nobody pay attention to it anyway. I cannot describe to you where you would adequately believe how bad it is. So thank you so much for your safe driving and for getting us here. Um, um, Last night we stepped off the plane and it was cold. And um, I I know this kind of cold, it's not that cold in Maryland yet, Um, and even if it gets to the same temperature, it won't be the same kind of cold. Y'all have a different kind of cold. But I know it because I did my doctoral work here at United Theological Seminary, and when I stepped off a plane, I remembered phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. I remembered my dissertation, my qualitative study, my quantitative study. All of that came flashing back um, just in the short time that uh, we have been here. But I am grateful for this honor, and um, thank you again for it. Um, Let's go ahead and get to work, for there is work to be done in this place. If you will hurry with me. To your theme scripture in, in uh, Hebrews. In Hebrews. According to um, the American Bible Society's research, we are living in a time where folks don't read their Bibles. And um, these are the most illiterate times, they say. So if you will allow me, uh, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture. They say that only, only 13% of people read their Bible during the week. Only 13% read them during the week, and the rest of us only read them on Sunday mornings. Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, somebody say, therefore, let us go on toward perfection leaving behind the basic teaching about Christ and not laying again the foundation, repentance from dead works and faith toward God, instruction about baptisms and laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and we will do this if God permits For it is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away since they are crucifying again the Son of God to their own harm and and are holding him up to contempt. Ground that drinks up rain The rain falling on it repeatedly and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it produces thorns and thistles, it is worthless and on the verge of being cursed, its end is to be burned over. Even though we speak this way, we are confident of better things in your case, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not overlook your work, and the love you showed is for His sake in serving the saints as you still do. And we want each of you to show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope to the very end, so that you may not become sluggish but imitators of those who, through faith and patience, inherit His promise. This is the word of God for the people of God. We do give thanks unto God. I want to focus on those two verses in 9 and 10. Even though we speak in this way, beloved, we are confident of better things in your case, things that belong to salvation, for God is not unjust. He will not overlook your work and the love that you do, the love that you showed for his sake in serving the saints as you still do. I want to focus right there as you still do. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, how we thank you for these moments that you have given us to share the unsearchable riches of your word. Now we ask, O Lord, that you would do what only you can do in this place. Speak how you want to speak and say what you want to say. Do the work that needs to be done in each one of us, O Lord. I thank you now for this moment to stand. Now grant me clarity, Lord, conviction of heart and purpose to do what you have called me to do bless us now let the words of my mouth the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight O lord our strength and our redeemer let us all together say amen amen and one more time for the holy spirit amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord as you still do as you still do serving the saints is not always easy. Somebody can give an easy amen right there. Serving the saints is not always easy. They love you in the morning, and they despise you at night. They praise you for representing them as a whole, but judge you for not calling their name individually. They scrutinize your hair and your clothes and your makeup even while their stuff is not all together together. together. If you wear red bottoms, they say, "Mm, you spent too much money on your shoes. But if you wear pay less, they say you spent too little. Serving the saints is hard. And the fact that you still persevere, the fact that you still continue to do it, the fact that you have not walked away is a testament to your understanding of the complex and precarious assignment that's on your life. Some may wonder how you do it, how you hold it together, keep your cool, look so good, and make it look so easy. But I'm learning something about life as I near the end of my fifth decade. I'm learning that the greater question is not how, but the greater question is why we often come to God with our problems and we ask God how can I fix this how can you fix this or how am I going to get through this how did this happen but I would purport to you my beloved that that's the wrong starting point how is not the place where you want to start a better place to begin such discussions is not with the how but with the why why does this even need fixing? Why does this problem exist? Why do I keep finding myself in the same predicament that I promised myself I would not get into again? It's the why of a thing that is important to understand. Let me try to explain it this way. Some of you may have heard it. We call it the upstream method of problem solving. I did a few years in public health. One of the tools that we use in public health is to tell this story, this what's called the river story. And I'm not sure who gets the credit for it, but some of you may have heard it about one day when a villager was working in the fields by the river and suddenly he noticed a baby that was floating in the river. The man rushed in and rescued the baby, brought it to the shore, and cared for it. But during the next day, he saw another baby. This time, not just one, two babies in the river, rushed in the river and picked up the baby, brought it to the shore and cared for it. The next day, three babies. This time, he realized he wasn't going to be able to rescue all the babies by himself. So he went and he got the other villagers and they all started rescuing babies. You know how it goes. Before long, there was a steady stream of babies floating down the river. Soon the whole village was involved in the many tasks of the rescue work, pulling those poor children out of the stream, imp- ensuring they were properly fed and clothed and housed and integrating them into the life of the village. And while not all the babies were saved, but very no- most of them were being saved through this process, the villagers felt like what they were doing was what they were supposed to do. Oh, but thanks be to God. It didn't take much longer before somebody, probably a woman, maybe even an elect lady of the village, looked around and said, wait a minute here, something ain't right. Somebody needs to go upstream and see why all these babies are falling into the river. So she decides to go upstream and finds out what's going on. Had there been a mysterious illness striking these children? Had the shoreline been made unsafe and they were falling in? Was there some hateful person throwing them in deliberately? Was it even a more exhausted village upstream that said, we can't take care of all these babies? All of this needed to be looked into so that before they dealt with the how, somebody needed to find out the why why was this going on and I want you to I want you to take a moment to celebrate with me those who hold up the sky for the rest of us who are willing to go upstream and find out the why of a situation because these are the ones who dig wells for others to drink from who build bridges over great chasms that have drowned others who plant saplings whose shade they'll never delight in and whose fruit they may never taste but they are called to the why and the why gives them the drive to persevere and to do what is needed to find out what's going on so that they can eventually get to the how are you with me on that here here some years ago a report developed by the American Society of C- Civil Engineers looked into some 600 failed structures. Remember the building that fell in Florida, the balcony that fell off the side. They decided to look at buildings and see what's going on with them and they found that nearly 40% of the structures failed during the construction stage and then a 36%, another 36% failed during the pre-construction stage all of them due to flawed designs. And the remaining 24% failed after they were up and running during the operational stage. So to sum all of this up, they found that more than three-quarters of the failures happened before the building ever became useful. Either because the plans were flawed the or the foundation was faulty. In other words, they found that the reason these buildings were rendered useless was not because of the how. It was because they did not value the why they needed to do what they needed to do to make the building safe. I know that's a lot to take in. Let me try to say it this way. They may have used substandard materials. They may have cut corners. They did not value the why that they needed not to take shortcuts. But when you understand the why, then you understand that you can't do the shortcuts because later on it's going to turn out that the building will not do what the building is supposed to do. You run the risk of what they call progressive failures. Progressive failures means that everything looks fine on the outside. A lot of us have some progressive failure going on in our lives, but it looks good on the outside. We came up in, we made it into church this morning, but if you look beneath the surface, some work that needed to be done right has not yet been done, and so it leads internally to a a, a failure that will surface later on. That's why we need the upstream solutions to figure out the why before we get to the how, because our lives, are like that. That's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say as he admonishes us in this sixth chapter to move on to maturity. He says, listen, you've been doing the same thing over and over. You've been going over the same material. You've been doing the same Bible study. You already know that stuff. You've been doing the same studies over and over. You know about fasting. You know about prayer. You learned that a long time ago, and yet you are still doing the same thing. What he's saying is, first, you've got to get the foundation right so that when you get the foundation right, it'll shore up the rest of the lives that you are living. Shore up your living based on what you have been taught about the elementary stuff and the primary teachings of Christ. Build on that first, but don't stop there make sure that once you have the foundation you are now building something that's taller than that and that can be of use to those who need it our problem today is that we are over concerned with the how that we have omitted the why so much so that we do and say things about God the things that have been made foundational but we find out that when we're actually living it out it really doesn't look and say uh like anything Jesus looked and said like let me let me try to let me try to get a little clearer here some people have so corrupted the gospel That they have jettisoned the teachings of Jesus and replaced it with these prosperity preaching folks who seek fame and celebrity but have no regard for the things that Jesus actually cared about. Like the welfare of the poor and the needy, the well-being of the immigrant and the refugee, the basic needs of the naked, the hungry, and the prisoners, the dignity of the sun-kissed, the health of the sick and the vulnerable, or the overall concern for the lost, the left out, and the least. Okay, you're still not getting it. Let me try it this way. Isn't it crazy that religion has been so corrupted that the statistics say that 80% of those quote-unquote new evangelicals voted for Mr. Mar-a-Lago in 2018. Did you hear me? I said 80% of the evangelicals, so-called, voted for Mr. Mar-a-Lago in 2016. And worse, they say they did so out of their so-called Christian convictions despite knowing him to be an outright racist and sexist, to be morally indecent, to grab women wherever and whenever he wanted, to be a purveyor of lies and deceit, to not pay his debts or his taxes, to admittedly never apologize, never repent, and never forgive. And yet he won because of this twisted strand of Christianity that is alive and rampant in the land. Maybe I'm hitting too close down. To hum- let me let me try one more. Isn't it absurd that the likes of a former football player with no political experience, hardly an education, who obviously had too a few too many concussions who can't put a subject and a verb together to make any sense, who thinks that owning a fake badge is the equivalent to being a real police officer, who does not claim or support his many children, who claims he's anti-abortion while his check stubs show that he has funded many abortions, that this guy is in a serious neck and neck runoff against an integrous, long-standing civil rights leader, a Baptist preacher, a father who is raising his children, a leader with a track record, and one who can not only put a coherent sentence together, but who can do so with eloquence and conviction and help save somebody's soul. we can't let the how get farther than the why because because this is not even new I told you I just got back from Liberia, Ghana, 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 Ghana where we went to the slave palaces where you would find that the slave palace in Ghana has a church right above the dungeons where they worshipped God up here, where they held captured enslaved people below, and you're telling me that it's okay what I'm trying to say is that unless you get the foundation right and let your foundation inform your why then your how will allow you to do anything they they, they lost their why and focused on the how and so they have become like those verse 8 warns us about who have perhaps learned the basic truths of the gospel but who have fallen away from it because they forgot the why and went straight into the how these these are the ones they say who cultivated their fields to not only to only grow thorns and thistles and the, and the only thing that can restore that field is fire now That's what the Lord is saying is that, listen, when you fall away so far, that the only thing that is good is that you got to burn in order to get right. But here's the thing. It's letting us know that we have to be careful how we uh, uh, build on our foundation. You got to understand your why, because if your why is not right, everything else will be wrong. If your why is not clear, you can profane the holy and you can become so lost that you are able to stand in a holy place and not be moved by that which is holy treating it as though it's just another thing that you go to let me try to say it this way that some folks come to church on Sunday morning as just another entertainment venue where you come to to judge how well the performances were today I wonder what number you would give me about now where the where you judge whether the since the soloist missed her note I'll give that a seven on today the usher sat me on the side that I didn't like to sit on I'll give her a five the preacher could have chosen a better dress. I'll give her a six. It's too cold in here or too bright or too dark or too hot. No, this is not a performance for rating. If there's any performing to be done in this case, in this place, it is us showing how grateful to God we are for allowing God, for God allowing us to come into this holy place to worship his name. Here's the thing. Don't you dare profane this place by giving it your talent score. Don't you remember that we could not even come to church for about 20 months. We could not even get into the building for fear of an invisible tiny virus. Somebody ought to celebrate the fact that God has released the thing that kept us from coming in church. Somebody ought to celebrate the fact that we are in the black church. I say it every chance I get. There is nothing like the black church in all the world. I'm so glad God made me black so that I could experience what it feels like to come to church and to feel something and to rock sometimes and to pat my feet and to feel like running around the place. Oh, don't you pass up this moment and profane it with your talent scorecard. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 27 said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 73 said it was too much for me to handle. I nearly lost my mind until I entered the sanctuary of God. Psalm 27 says one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And Psalm 100 Hundred and fifty simply says, praise God in the sanctuary. You, 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 are, you are in holy ground and holy territory. So the writer of Hebrews says, you got to get the why right, get it right, get the foundation right, lest you fall prey to your own teachings to your, that lead you down such a treacherous path of non-repentance and death and eternal damnation. You can't afford to get amnesia Around the foundation And it's not complicated it's not complicated the old testament lets us know that all god requires is three things just three things what is that to love to do justice to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god it's not it's not that complicated the new testament breaks it down into two things what does the lord require the love the lord your god with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and then love your neighbor as yourself just two things it's not hard to understand it may be hard to do Harder to live, but it's not hard to understand. Because though we might get amnesia on the foundation and get distracted sometimes and get confused and get stuck, God does not... God is progressive and forward-moving and constant in God's concern for our salvation. Hurry down to verse 9 with me. I had to give you all of that as background because I told you the thing said that y'all don't read your Bibles. Y'all only read your Bibles when you come. That was all background to get to where we're going on today. Verse 9 says, listen, even though we speak this way, even though uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking this way to give you these warnings, to let you know you got to get the foundation right, but you can't just stay at the foundation. you got to move from the 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 why to the how but you can't go to the good get to the how right unless you understand the right he says listen even though we speak these way this way beloved we are confident of better things in your case saying listen I'm not giving up on you there are better things in your case for God is not unjust and will not overlook your work for the love that you have showed for his sake notice the shift in the language and the tone now we're getting to some stuff that is a little easier to swallow those earlier verses are warning about what can happen when you shirk on the building of a firm foundation and the dangers that happen when uh when all you do is build but you don't erect anything but here's the thing notice the change here it is the prequel to better things that god has for you in your case That's what it says right there. In your case. And meaning that God is watching in your case. And God is saying, I am not giving up on you. That that, that in your case, I think you can understand the things that belong to salvation. Even though we speak in this way up until now with a deliberate tone, with harshness, with warnings and admonitions. You must know that all of it is said because God has something better in store for your case. The things that lead to salvation. See how this works. It's when you understand the why of what you're doing that you can see that it's all working together in your case. That it is personal toward you that leads to salvation. The Hebrews writer says, listen, I want you to know that God is watching and God is taking notes of the works that we do. And God is not unjust that God will overlook the good works that you do. Uh, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro throughout the earth seeking those whose hearts are turned toward him not like the old Sunday school teacher God's eyes are not roaming through the um through the through to and to and fro throughout the earth trying to check check off every time you do something wrong no 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 God's eyes are roaming trying to say whose heart whose heart has my heart who's doing what I called them to do who's answering what I told them? who who's up late praying who's coming to church early who's staying after to get things God is looking for those, not for demerits, but God is taking notes to remember and make note of your good works. In other words, God sees and God knows, but better still, God will not overlook or ignore because God remembers. That's why the how, I mean, the why of what you do can't be about other people. (laughs) if you start looking around trying to see who else is doing how much you doing who else showed up for quiet? Who ain't showing up? You start getting mad about what other people are doing. Uh uh-uh, uh. That's not your why. Your why is because God is watching and God knows your good works and is making note of them. It's personal. God remembers, He says, the love that you have shown. And that's encouraging because oftentimes in church, I know not here in Ohio, but back in Maryland, uh, that, that, that it seems like the ones that you show the greatest love to are the ones who so easily forget how much you love them. I mean, it, it seems in Maryland, they so quickly forget that you that in their midnight hour, you answered their call. They forget how you met them at the hospital. Forget how you set aside your plans so that they could get to their appointment. They forget how you forwent your funds to make sure that their costs were covered. They forget, but I be encouraged, my sisters and my brothers, my beloved, the scripture says, because God will not overlook the love that you have shown to other people. And don't stop loving because they treated you bad. No, no, no. The Bible says because we have been so greatly loved, we must also love. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And so let that be who we are. We love because we have been loved and we trust God not to overlook the love that we have shown for each other. But it also says God will remember, God will not overlook the service that you render to others. The models of faith that we have been given in the church uh, are rooted and grounded in service, in servant, uh, servanthood. Deacon told me he's the head servant in the church. And that's what you want to be because the Bible says it's good to be a servant. I know the world doesn't look really kindly to servants, but oh, we who know the Lord know that we want to be the chief servant. We want to beat everybody else in serving God because ours is a towel ministry, a hands dirty ministry, an up close and personal calling. Remember how on the night he was betrayed? (laughs) The night that he knew was his last on earth, he could have been off doing anything, partying and sulking or taking his last social media selfies, getting on some, some, some lean, I just learned that term the other day, getting some lean, sowing some oats, uh, uh, you know how we do when we want to excuse or escape because we don't like what's happening, but no, Jesus doesn't do anything like that. He chose to be gathered in a room, not just teaching about service, but getting down on on his hands and knees with a towel and a basin and demonstrating what it means to serve by washing the feet of the disciples. I always when I tell this story feel convicted to tell you that if it had been me I would have washed, I'd like to think I saw all those dirty feet and they knew what they needed I like to think I would have washed 22 feet. But Judas Judas was in the room, and Jesus knew what Judas was about to do, and Jesus washed all 24 feet. He knew that Judas was about to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. He knew that Jesus, that Judas was telling his enemies all about the inside meetings. He knew who Judas was, and yet he did not shirk his responsibility, which means that even our service has to go beyond those we like. And those we appreciate and those who like us but our service because god is watching and taking notes and god will not forget because of all that you have done he says i will not forget and i will take notes because i am a just god finally here he says listen not 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 just the love and not just the service he says but god will not overlook the perseverance that it took to keep going that, that, that's the part that I highlighted in the text as the work continues. As the work continues, it says, it, says, it says that this thing goes on despite whatever else is happening. There's so much in ministry life that is aimed at derailing our calls and detouring our focus. But our aim is not on pleasing people. Our aim is on securing the promises of God so that we cannot afford to let our lives and our ministries get sidetracked by silliness. You are standing, woman of God, on the shoulders of those women who would not quit and and, 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 and who, who decided that regardless of what was happening, the work must continue. You're standing on the shoulders of the likes of Harriet Tubman and Serena Williams and Wilma Rudolph and, and 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 you're standing on the shoulders of Maya Angelou and Angela Davis and Audrey Lord and Mary McLeod Bethune and Ruby Ridges and Madam C.J. Walker. You're standing on the shoulders of those Daughters of Thunder, the likes of a Fannie Lou Hamer and a Jarena Lee and a Julia Foot and a Nanny Helen Barrows and a Prathia Hall and a Katie Cannon. You're holding up the sky alongside the likes of a Gina Stewart and a Tracy Blackman and a Vashti McKenzie and a Patricia Gouldchamp and a Claudette Copeland so that others are able to see farther because you have decided not to quit, because you are persevering. Others can breathe deeper and dream better because you have not quit. And the promise we have is that God will not overlook the fact that you did not quit. That you did not walk out, throw in the towel, that you are still here, still persevering, still pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. In it all and through it all, you persevered. And and, and I'll close when I say this. In the text, in verse 9, is this tiny little word, beloved, beloved that's when the thing shifts I told you the, the language gets softer and a little easier for us to take in it's, it's it's the word beloved and it's strategically placed and I don't have time to give ample discussion to it today only to say that it is strategically placed here to remind us of our place that even with all the admonishment we are still God's beloved even when we don't get it right we are still God's beloved that the same language God used at the baptismal service where Jesus's cousin John baptized him he said this is my beloved son that's the same term that uh, that the writer of Hebrews uses to describe us that we are the beloved of God because to be beloved is to know that nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus to understand how beloved we are is to know that we are not just the loved of God. That's one thing and that's good and that would even be enough but so much deeper is God's love so much more intense in the levels that we cannot begin to understand that we have become the beloved of God. Let me just say it this way beloved though we may never fully grasp what it means to be loved by God just walk in the fullness and the confidence of knowing what it is to be beloved by God. God go on and be loved by God go on and realize that because God loved you so much that you have become the beloved even when you have fallen into something you said you'd never fall into again beloved we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know That when he appears, we will be like him because we shall see him as he is. God will not overlook your work or your love or your sacrifice or your perseverance as you still do. And here's why the word beloved is so important in the strategic placement is because it serves as a reminder that even though we don't always get it right and even though in our maturity as we are trying to mature everybody falls down sometimes amen even as we're trying to get there our foundation may seem to get shaky and we are prone to wander Lord I feel it even though we sometimes falter and fail our frail and fickle faithlessness does not nullify the fortified forward marching faithfulness of God try saying that with braces on our frail and fickle faithfulness does not nullify the fortified forward marching faithfulness of God when we are faithless God is still faithful the God that is omnipotent in wisdom who knew that we would need an unconditional and ongoing means of support and forgiveness understood so that God already put in place the kind of insurance policy that we would need that has a disclaimer in it that says no matter what and come what may don't matter what they might do or how they did it we are covered by God because we are the beloved of God let me try to put it this way so God already put in kind in place the kind of policy that we need God knew that we would need help God did not overlook the fact that we wouldn't get ourselves into something we could no longer get ourselves out of and God remembered to provide us with a savior who could cover us in it all and through it all with his whole life policy whole life policy y'all know anything about insurance insurance you all you got to do is watch the commercials because it seems like everybody's making promises about the kind of covering that they want to give us in the insurance world listen to the promises of insurance companies down through the years you're in good hands with all state like a good neighbor State Farm is there. One company says we can save you. Another says a day without insurance is like a day without sunshine. Still in another promise, they promise peace of mind and a better way of life. But I came by to tell you, all the way from Maryland, to let you know, my beloved, that there is but one who can truly cover what you need covered and his name is Jesus. You can get assured that the why is because he loved you so much and he loved me so much that he covered us a long time ago so then now that you've got the why straight you gotta ask how in fact every now and then I get caught up with the how when I stop and think about how he did what he did to cover me and the fact that he didn't have to do it but he did how they he let them lay him down on a roll wooden cross at calvary and how he let them put nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head and how they thought that they were winning all the while they lifted him high for everybody to see oh but the bible says if i If I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. And here's the part that I like even more. It is the why of it all. Because, because, because the blood still works. that's why that's why he persevered the cross because over in john it tells us that the blood came streaming down and with that blood he signed the lifetime insurance policy for your coverage and for mine for you and me he sealed the deal not with ink but with his blood in fact every time I look around I'm reminded of how he covered me with his blood I've got an end-to-end policy with his blood. I've got a bumper to bumper policy coverage with his blood. Is there anybody in here who's glad to know that you are covered with his blood? I can testify with him that when my life is my life is in good hands, I can say like a good neighbor, Jesus is there a mother for the motherless and a father for the fatherless. He sticks closer than a brother. He hands his hands really can save you his mercy really can give you peace of mind his grace can provide a better way of life we are covered by his blood that blood that reaches to the highest mountain that blood that flows to the lowest valley covered by the blood that gives me strength from day to day the blood that will never ever 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 never ever lose its power turn to somebody and say because god remembered i'm covered by the blood i'm already fully covered that his policy is not just for those who, who who want it for a lifetime but his policy will carry me from this time into the next time and i don't know about you but i'm so glad i'm covered by a double lifetime policy so that when i have breathed my last breath and sung my last song and when this old building starts to leaning and when it starts to leaking and when it starts to breaking my blood-bought policy will march me from time on into eternity and i will enter that land where there's no more weeping and no more sadness and no more sorrow and no more sickness and no more death where every day shall be sunday and the sabbath shall have no end is there anybody in here who's glad that you're covered today anybody in here want to celebrate the fact that you have persevered that you now know the why and now that you know the why you can understand the how and the how will take you the rest of the way anybody glad about some upstream kind of faith that doesn't just accept things where they are but looks at why it is and then looks at how god is going to fix it because once you get the why right you can surely get to the how i just want to celebrate today That I don't really even know how he did it. But I'm just glad that he did. I don't know how he saved me. But I'm glad that he did. I was a wretch undone. Living in a world of sin. I was broke down and broke up. But he came and he rescued me. I was living a life that I should not have been living. But thanks be to God that God took all of that. And because he loved me so delivered me through it all. I don't know about you, but I'm celebrating today. I'm celebrating the gift that God is. I'm celebrating the God that God has been in my life. You know, when I look back and think over my life, (laughs) I'm the preacher today, but it's not my goodness that saved me. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's not my goodness that saved me. When I look back over my life, I did some stuff that I shouldn't have done. I went some places I shouldn't have went. I said some things that I shouldn't have said. My mama told me not to do some stuff that I went ahead and did. But it wasn't my goodness that saved me. But thanks be to God that there's a policy with my name written on it and a God who has observed through my life and who has said she's worth saving. She's worth going after. She is worth it all. Thanks be to God for God's indescribable gift of salvation. Come on and celebrate today. Come on and bless the name of Jesus today. Come on and lift up the Savior today. For nobody else, nobody else is worthy except that wonderful name of Jesus. The plan had always been The plan had always been for you to be saved, but you've got to answer the call.
1: is worthy Pastor Dr. Hunt excuse me I'm sorry Turner Wood pardon me Um, one of the things that came to mind when you were preaching is the Matthew passage that says when we build on a firm foundation of Christ we can withstand whatever comes our way a foundation based on God produces faith steadfast in life. Praise you. Praise for that word. That was amazing. We never know what we're going through when God speaks to us when we need it. So on the heels of salvation that we are grateful for and honored that God chose to save us, I am here to offer Christ to you. I said I wasn't gonna cry today. tried to do my very best. For those who want to join the Mount Calvary family, By believer's baptism, you want to give your life to Christ. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Your eternal acceptance of Jesus Christ. If you are here and you want to join by believer's baptism, raise your hand right where you are. We love you, Father. We honor you, Lord Jesus. God, you are great. And you are worthy, worthy of all of our praise. For those online, type something in the chat, in the notes. Someone will get in touch with you. For those that want to join the Mount Calvary family by Christian experience, you know that this is where God wants you to be to fellowship. You know that this is where He needs you to be, and we need you to be here. Raise your hand right where you are, and someone will come to you. You've been baptized. You are saved, but you believe God needs you to be here, to be part of his family here. For those watching online, please place something in the chat. Someone will be in contact with you. God, we honor you and we worship you and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Everybody here is saved. Everybody you know, knows that you are exactly where you need to be. It's not cliche. You do not have to walk out of inside of here and go out the same way that you came in. Today is your day to be saved. God bless you all. Lady Chanel.
6: Well, bless the Lord, everyone. Bless the Lord, everyone. I am so excited. You may be seated. I just got a few, few things I want to say, and y'all just have to bear with me because this is the day that y'all set aside to celebrate me. But we celebrate God more than anything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I want to first thank uh, Lily, Laura, for leading us into worship. Thank you so much to my sons Billy and her lovely da- daughter Braylin. Thank you for that, and for my sons, y'all, they came to support me today, and all the sorors of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated. Thank you for your support. Um, to Dr. Cynthia Turner Wood for traveling all this way in this bitterly cold weather just to encourage us all with the word of God and to your husband, Dr. Jesse Wood, for supporting her and sacrificing to be here today. Thank you. As the work continues by the power of the Holy Ghost, you gave me the encouragement I need to to carry on. God bless you. Um, To my family who are faithfully, um, who provide faithful care to us and support, In ways that exceed our expectations, I thank you all. To my parents who have been, y'all stand up, we got some new members that don't necessarily know who my parents are, Daddy, Deacon Burks, and my mama, Sister Linda Burks. To my parents who have been constant rocks on my 40 year journey, smothering me with love, guiding me in wisdom, and now I think I can say, I think I can confidently say, they are my highly regarded and esteemed friends and confidants. Thank you for your love and support. And let me just talk crazy and get bare my soul to you guys. I appreciate it. To my amazing children in their absence, um, Bailey and Parker um, both are home ill. And Nate is taking care. I, they would be the, the better. The dogs would take better care of them. But I'm just saying. Be, <laughs> But we left him in charge. He has instructions and I'm sure he'll do great. They'll be alive when we get back. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. But they are amazing. It's been wonderful watching them grow and develop. Um, and to, I, I'm just a marvel at them. Like, Thank you, God, for loaning them to us. Um, being a parent, as many of you know, is just a huge responsibility. Big burden. But it's a, it's a lesson in faith. Because I ain't got this. God got this. And I have to literally let go and let God. To my selfless husband, Pastor Samuel and Winston Jr. I thank you. You have provided leadership and headship to me in a way that is affirming and not condescending or oppressive. You have provided space for me to discover dimensions of myself that may not always be so pretty. I just have to say thank you for the ways that you encourage me and support me and lift me up. I'm just grateful for you and God bless you for dealing with me. (laughs) There is no question that a sacred bond exists between pastor and his people. Second Timothy four, 2 Timothy 4.2 says pastors have a responsibility of correcting, rebuking, encouraging with patience and careful instruction. That to me is pretty sacred. Acts 20.28 20, instructs pastors to keep watch over themselves and of the flock, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I think we can all agree that that is sacred. I could go on and on about the responsibility of the pastor in their relationship to their people, which is not to be taken lightly by sheep or by the shepherd. Just as the Bible contains instructions for the pastor, the Bible also is a resource for the people and how they should relate to their pastor. Hebrews 13, 17 tells us to have confidence in them and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give account. Do this so that their work will be joy, a joy, and not a burden, for that would be no benefit to you. There again, there is a sacredness that be that exists between people and pastor, and because of this relationship, Jesus tells us in Luke 10:7 that a laborer is worthy of his hire. Galatians 6:6 6, 6 reminds us that those who are taught the word of God that they have a responsibility to provide for the livelihood of their pastor I don't know about you but anyone who I am charged and compare, compelled to care for in such capacity I believe there is a sacred trust between us and a heavy responsibility as such it is reasonable that we care and celebrate our pastor right we did that a couple weeks ago it is re- it is reasonable that we do that but Then there's the pastor's wife. And thank you, wonderful women of God, for coming and celebrating me today. But there's the pastor's wife who, beyond mention of her conduct as a godly woman, there is nothing. I know it because I did my master's study on this, okay? There's nothing that indicates how she and the people are to relate to one another, Nothing charging her with caring for God's flock and certainly nothing instructing God's people to care for and celebrate her. Let me just cut across the field. This is what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Mount Calvary Nation, for choosing to celebrate me. Thank you for honoring me. Thank you for inviting me to establish our own sacred relationship with no biblical obligation that I have seen for those, for the pastor's wife. As such, I can only presume that you understand and have responded to the revelation that is presented in Genesis 2 4, where God declares that man and wife shall become one flesh. To me, Pastor, this is the only reasonable explanation for there being a whole Sunday service dedicated to appreciating me, is that you understand what Paul says a mystery. That husband and wife are one. I don't take my identity and my role as pastor's wife lightly. And it is with sincere, grateful, and humble heart that I say thank you, Mount Calvary Nation. And it is because of that I point to God. For he is the one who deserves the glory, the honor, and all praise. God bless you all. Thank you.
1: As we continue in our worship service, it is time for offering. There are several ways um, that we can give. We can text to give. 855-908-0710. If you are using Cash App, it's dollar sign M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. And if you're giving by the Givelify app, you do need to download the app in your Play Store, whatever you guys have on your phones. Set your account up, give your offering, and you are done. It is one of the best ways to give. If you are here and you are going to be using an envelope, uh, the deacons will be at the back doors um, as we exit for service. I'm assuming, where's Brother Sanford? 30 more minutes? Are you, you'll be here for 30 more minutes? All right, 30 minutes. If you're driving by, come on in, bring your offering. Pastor, is there anything else? We are ready to depart? I believe Brother Sanford has an announcement. And Lady C, envelopes. And I think it's on the Gibbify. Is it on Giblify? okay all right we are given to there's a box in the back pretty clear box in the back you have uh, gifts for Lady C like Lady C today I told her she was 35 I would tell you welcome to the club but I ain't seen 40 in a minute so it's a good club I see you in the, in the I ain't gonna never see you in a club <laughs> you ain't have to do it like that <laughs> Okay, Brother Sanford, before I give the benediction, sir. I don't know, just
8: to follow instructions. <laughs> All right, I won't be up here uh, long before you. Um, the reason I'm up here is tomorrow is the first uh, men's podcast. It's the uh, Mount Calvary Nation Men's Ministry Podcast. And I wanted to reiterate it. Um, it starts at seven. You know, um, our moderator, we have a moderator and a panel of men, and we have questions that we're asked. Our moderator is going to be our own Pastor Sam. You know, now I don't want you to come because Pastor Sam is the moderator. Okay. But I want you to come because we're doing something for the men. The men here and the men that's online. And the reason that I want you to come is. Is found in Proverbs 27, 17. Right. Now, you ask what is 27, 17? Look it up. You know? Because if you look it up, then you'll see what it says. And then you'll understand why you need to come to this podcast. And it's the first one that we're having. We'll have a podcast once a month. It's the third Monday of each month at 7 o'clock. Thank you.
1: would ask that you please be seated and follow the directions of the ushers for our dismissal. Have a great day.